Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. Homie, what's BizDev? What? What's BizDev? <laughs> BizDev is something you like to make up for why you can't be doing shit with your friends because you got to do BizDev means. I don't think you know what it actually means. Okay. Okay. Uh, when you and I last talked, we talked about the crew that was in summer of 2021. Since right. then, you've made some announcements. Can you kind of, to the best of your ability, bring us up to speed a little bit on what Trust Records is doing now? Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought up the crew. Because on February 3rd... Oh! Oh! Look at that! Rock Together, Rock Together is here. Oh, wow. In all its glory. Wow. Our new cartoons by Brian Wallsby. Has anyone has shit. anyone seen this? No, you're seeing it, dude. I'm guess exclusive for freaking you, my friend. So this is gonna go on. This is gonna be the next record. Comes out early 2023. Uh, been working on we've been working on that one for a long time. And I will say this: that's the best record we've done. Really? Oh, why? Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're all great in their own way. But this one, I think, when people see it, they're gonna be like. Wow, because when we put out the crew, everyone really liked it, and they liked the oral history, and they liked, and so like for Walking and Rocket, like it's been stressful because we're like, how do we beat the crew? Like, how is it going to be better than the crew? And I think we accomplished it because what we did is we we hired Brian Walsby, the original cartoonist, to do new cartoons. So when you read this oral history, these cartoon panels, there's twenty of them. They also tell the story. So he kind of read the oral history and then made cartoons that go along with it. And it's really cool. He did a great job, man. I mean, and they're kind of funny. I don't know. I'm really fucking proud of this record. I think people are going to be stoked. Wow. I wasn't expecting us to begin with that. Yeah, dude, that's what you bring to the table, the scoop. They call you Scoop Jacob. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's the next thing on our plate. And we, like I said, we worked on that record for over a year and a half. Um, and how long, like, like, so you worked on it for over a year and a half. Why did it take that amount of time? Was it shipping stuff? Was it production? It's just, it's just hard because you want it to be, you, you don't want to, like this happened with the aggression record. The aggression record, which we put out in August of this year, 2022. Once it came out, I had a bunch of photographers reach out to me like, oh my gosh, I had so many cool aggression photos I could have given you. And you're just like, man, like we, you know. It's hard. Like, like at this point, you want to think like, okay, if people should know who trust is. If they have stuff, they should hit me up. 
because we pay to license the photos. We're not looking for handouts. Like we're looking, if you got good photos, like we'll pay money to license them for the record and you'll have your art, your work in this freaking thing will be preserved. So it just, that drives me crazy. With seven seconds, it was ready to be turned in maybe a year ago and, and it just didn't have enough assets. It didn't have enough photos. One of them I'll show you right here that we were holding out for because I had seen it a long time ago, but no one seemed to know where it was, is this, which is the, that is like the contact sheet blown up of all the promo photos that were of this photo session. So these are all the outtake photos. And I was like, we have to have that in this. We have to have it. But no one could find it. Kane Boychuk, the guy who took the photos, was like, I don't think I have it. And then some guy had it on a hard drive that we had been talking with, and he he gave it up. And another thing was I wanted – it didn't seem like we had, like, an iconic photo. And the photographer, Kirk Dominguez, who's local photography shop for Ink Disease and, and Flipside, he had this photo, which is fucking top-notch great. And so once I had that, I go, okay, now we got enough. We have to – because you need that stuff, man. Like, it's hard. It's, that's why it's hard putting – these records up because you have that anxiety that once I put it in the world, like that's it. There's no going back going, Oh wow. We got all this great new shit. Let's pack it in there. Well, I was just about to ask, how do you deal with that? Like, is there a level of anxiety? And is there also a, like, do you and the people that you do trust with sort of have a, Hey, if we don't have it by X date, we're not going to have it. Well, so basically I assigned project managers to this now. So Mike Gitter's, been the seven seconds one and Mike will go like help collect assets. But Mike's also got a full-time job as an A&R man for Century Media. So he's busy. So it's hard even when you have your friends helping with this because at the end of the day, like I'm also kind of curating it. So I want to make sure I look under every stone and kick every tire and all those analogies. But yeah, man, like you just don't know. And you're always hoping that you have someone in the band that, can kind of guide you with this like we're doing in 2023 after this record the next record will be youth brigade sound and fury and sean stern seems to have, he has archived a lot of stuff so it seems like we'll have enough assets we're just trying to determine what sound and fury is going to look like because i didn't i probably mentioned this last time we talked like the one problem we do have is we don't want every record to be here's a 20 page oral history here's 20 page anecdotal thing like it's you know, we're trying to figure out ways to mix it up so the records still have some – they're still heavy, like, I mean, weight-wise, it's still it's still packed with good stuff, but it's not always the same vibe, if that makes sense. After Sound and Fury will be probably Stalag 13 in control. Um, I feel like they're doing a pretty good job. The, those guys are very engaged. It's still an active band, so, like, that always helps. Um and then at the end of the year, like, well, some other releases, but the last record of the year will be SSD's Kids Will Have Their Say. That's being curated by Brian Ray Turcott, who's like a well-known punk archivist. He's in charge of the Punk Rock Museum, archiving all that stuff. He's a huge SSD fan, so he is going to throw his arms around this project and make it awesome. And we'll, you know, we'll go from there. I just... I really hear what you're saying, though, about that anxiety and the whole kicking the tires and looking under every rock and, and just the frustration that you have when you, first of all, when you probably ask people and the first 
thing that you probably hear is, oh, no, no, I don't, I don't have anything. So then, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then you no one has anything, and then they remember something. Exactly, and then, and then you're like, and it also just to go your point, like not everyone's is engaged. Like it, it really helps when you're doing something with the band, and someone in the band is like leading the charge. Like Star Like Thirteen, Blake Cruz, the guitar player, and one of the original members. Like he's really leading that charge. He's excited about it. He's and you try, and so it's his thing. So you're excited about it, like without naming names, not, not all the bands have had assets or been very that engaged. And, and I do get that sometimes because especially if, if you're an artist and you're still creating art, you're still creating music. It's hard for you to get excited about something that came out 40 years ago as it is your new stuff. And I totally respect and understand that, but that makes it hard too, because some bands have been just like, you know, whatever, I don't care. Or like in the case of aggression, like everyone's gone. So you know, I had the luxury of, of working with Bob, the last, you know, Clark, who was a bass player, passed away last year, like pretty much up until the point where we were almost done. But it would have been nice if he had been around to celebrate him, at least A, obviously, and B, like, like I said, when we put that record out, all these people came out of the woodworks going like, hey, dude, I have all this great shit. And you're like, oh, God. And it's, and I think some people think, who don't know like the laborious process that you have to go through. Oh, they can just kind of add this or they can maybe do something with this. No, it's done. Well, it's also one of those things too. It's like, so let's say we're turning in this youth brigade record at the end of January. So the next month, if someone comes to us in a week later and goes, Hey, we got this stuff. It's over. Once it's turned in, it's like, like, unless it was like something that we could not live without, then we would have to, but it would blow up the whole plan because everything slotted. We're at about a four month turn time on vinyl right now. So you drop that and then vinyl, you know, so it's like you mess up one of those schedules. It messes up the whole schedule. And I've told this to a couple bands, like there's a band we're working with that They were going to have a release with us. that came out in March, but they missed their deadlines. They were running the show themselves and they missed all their the drop dead dates. And they're like, well, what can you do? And I'm like, I don't know. We're going to put out the record, but now we, I don't know when it's coming out. I'm, I'm hoping it comes out in the summer or fall. Like, I don't know. And then, and then that they get disappointed, but you're also like, you know, like it's, it's not as the bigger our label gets, it's just, it's hard to fit everyone in. And when one person messes up the schedule, the whole schedule gets messed up. So one person messes up the schedule, they just go to the back of the line. Right. You know, and one thing people have to understand, I think this is a reissue label. So like I tell all the bands, even like in the case of this band I'm mentioning, don't be too frustrated. These are old records. So it's better they come out right than they come out on some certain date. Again, you get excited. I get that. Bands get excited. Like, it's, we're coming up. We're doing all this great stuff around release. And now the release is pushed back six months. Uh, at the end of the day, that's it's fine. Because it's better to get the reissues right. And and more importantly, to the band's liking than it is to like make a date that's half, then you have like a half-assed project. Has anything gotten easier since we spoke in 2021 regarding production regarding supply chain has okay record record we're in a good spot in the pressing world we we've we've got this down to about four months i think last time we spoke was probably a year Mm -hmm. oh yeah the pandemic hurt some things obviously supply chains but that's starting to come around um we also kind of realized you know our our vibe has always been the information inside these records the extra booklets the photos and all that that kind of stuff it's not really been like the colored vinyl thing uh and we got a little crazy with that especially with circle jerks wild in the streets where we had 
10 different variants, we'll say that slowed that shit. And, and then we had a kind of an internal discussion and was like, look, man, what are we really doing? Like, let's not get crazy with the colors. Like I understand I get the record collecting thing, but, but that helps speed up the process when you go, we're going to make less records and we're going to only make two or three color variants and call it a day. And they're not going to be that complex. And I'm, you know, you're not going to get a bunch of pretty colors from us anymore. You'll probably just get one color versions, but that's okay. Cause at the end of the day, it's not about what the colored vinyl looks like. It's about what's on it. Well, you know what I, I mean, I think people lose sight of that sometimes it's like this collectible thing. It's like, Oh man, I want that vinyl. That's got the four colors and the swirl. It's just like the songs are what's important, man. 